Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Do you think the, um, the residents of Tampa Bay are more excited about their Rays or their Lightning? <laughs> the Rays have now tied the Oakland A's with 11 wins. The Oakland A's did that back in 1981. Right. The Rays now have uh, their 11 and 0 in uh, the beginning of the season. That's a pretty good start. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I mean, the joke would be that they wouldn't wouldn't even know the Lightning were there. Right. But they've been a pretty good team for a long time. I think so. some people in Tampa know about. <laughs> They're very well aware. Yeah. Hey, this is an exciting day. It's a National Grilled Cheese Day. Who doesn't like a grilled cheese sandwich? We all love them. Brings up the debate. Ketchup or no? Oh, always ketchup. 100%. I know you know, right? Ah, if it's there, I'll take it. Okay. If it's uh, if it's not, I'll uh, I'll still eat a grilled cheese without it. I find them so bland without it. I need the ketchup, I think. But I used to always throw in, like, tomato slices and ham and all sorts of stuff. Anyhow, it, here's an interesting little craggy fun fact. As much as I love a grilled cheese sandwich, I don't know that I've ever ordered one in a diner. Like as a breakfast thing or a lunch oh, thing. right. Wouldn't be my go-to order. You always see them on the menu, but and they're maybe because they're so easy to make. I think I, well, I say that. I tend to order things that I couldn't just make at home. Mm-hmm. But then I'll go out and have breakfast, which is one of the easier things <laughs> yeah. to make at home, too. Yeah. Um, with it being National Grilled Cheese Day, if you happen to be flying into New York... Uh, you might want to order one of these bad boys up. Actually, you would have had to order it uh, a couple of days ago. They need 48 hours to pull it together. In New York, there's a restaurant called uh, Serendipity 3, and they have the world's most ex- uh, expensive grilled cheese sandwich. costs $214 U.S. Wow. Um, they're also known as Serendipity 3 for selling the world's most expensive milkshake for 100 bucks. The world's most expensive fries for $200 and the world's most expensive dessert for twenty-five grand. Uh, this sandwich, the grilled cheese, debuted in 2014. As I mentioned, you got to order it 48 hours out. The bread itself has Dom Perignon champagne baked into it. It's cooked in trifle butter with edible gold flakes mixed in. I assume that means truffle butter, not trifle. Did I say trifle? Yeah. Oh, sorry, truffle. And the fancy Italian cheese comes from cows that can only be milked two months out of the year. Holy cow. <laughs> right? <laughs> I realized the pun happening as I was saying it. Those must be some snobby cows. No doubt. They walk around with their uh, nose Not the right here. time. Um, <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> don't it's touch like being me married. <laughs> <laughs> You're not milking me today, sweetie. <laughs> what are those cows? Those are the wedded cows. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I saw Gordon Ramsay online in a quick thing, and I'm trying to remember what he did with his grilled cheese, but he put the cheese in the pan alone first and then put the bread on that. So if you use a hard cheese, mm. right, you put the cheese straight into the pan, and that gets it kind of melty. And as it's you know before it's obliterated, you put it, you, then it just kind of gets a sweat on the cheese. Yeah. And then you put the bread down on top of that. Throw some butter on the other side. When you flip the bread into the butter, then you get that kind of melted cheese onto there. I saw a woman do a, a TikTok, a, a thing like that, with a pickle where she, like she took the cheese. Melted it right in the pan, and, and as it got to this, uh, the spot you said, she'd slice a, put a slice of pickle in there and then flip the cheese over the pickle. Mm. It'll be a snack. 
I'm just a straight up butter butter the bread, throw it in the frying pan. Yes, I I mean I've I, on budget times it would be a Wonder Bread and a cheese slice right in the toaster. Sometimes when I was uh, in high school and stoned like all the time, we we my buddy I don't know his toaster oven was so good. We would take those craft single slices yeah. between some Wonder Bread and in that toaster oven, and we'd eat dozens of them in one oh, yeah. sitting. Yeah. Yeah. And then there used to be, um, you could get, like, uh, a sandwich maker that would make, like, a pocket, basically, like mm -hmm. a hot pocket. Mm -hmm. And you, a grilled cheese in that was fantastic, yeah. too. Well, we know what we're having for lunch, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this, now. this sandwich also comes with a lobster bisque dipping sauce. Holy Cow, really? Yeah, indeed, holy cow. We've all got to be uh, very uh, um, sensitive, fragile uh, with Lucky this morning because the boys' hockey's all done, right? Uh, pretty much. We got uh, just tryouts and they're all wrapped up. Okay, so. and then your uh, your calling of NHL games done for another season. So, when someone's entire world, their their reason for being, is yanked away from them, it's it can be difficult. How are you dealing with? And the absence of hockey in your life. Are you kidding me? It's sunny and 25 today. I'm good. Are you Are you not staring up at a uh, poster in your bedroom of some NHL player and pining to be beside them? No, I'm cleaning up the golf clubs. <laughs> did you get out on the weekend? Or? I did not. I was far too busy. I was moving my son and his girlfriend out of my house. Oh, that's right. Get out. You're an empty nester for uh, about two weeks. Days. About two weeks. Uh, and then Easter was uh, with the outlaws on Sunday. So right. That was a lovely day. It ended with my 80-year-old mother-in-law telling dirty jokes. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In English or Italian? Well, it was a mix. Gotcha. Um, the one ended with your sausage is too small for my barbecue. And I believe the other was tonight you drink from the bottle. We should have like a punchline day. Oh, okay. I was sharing those with Katie the other day. I said, and then people can just make up their own right. joke. Yeah. We'll give you the punchline. You figure out how it led to that. Tonight, you drink from the bottle. <laughs> Your sausage is too small for my barbecue. Anyhow, so that was my uh, my Easter. Did you get any um, any time with the bunny over the uh, over the Easter weekend? Uh, no, I did get a, a letter in the in the hotel saying they were going to do um, like an Easter egg hunt. If there were any kids in the hotel that, um, that wanted to take part, um, I did not attend that. Uh, there was they were shutting down the restaurant uh, for an Easter brunch on Sunday mm. at uh, I believe it was eighty two dollars a plate. <laughs> So I didn't check that out, but I really wanted to find out, not to pay it, but just just to find out what the hell was in an $82 a plate buffet. At 82 bucks a plate, Jesus best come back and sit <laughs> sit at the table with you. He might he must be serving you. <laughs> the heck of a head table up there. <laughs> wow. Jesus just served me my eggs. So you didn't go to that buffet. You couldn't get Rogers to pick up the tab on that? Uh, I wasn't going to try and uh, expense that one. That would be a little rough. Uh, they had to already expense the rental car, which was, um, for the first time, when I showed up to the rental desk, they, they you know, they reserve whatever, a, a mid-sized car, and they just mm -hmm. tell you whatever's available. Uh, and uh, normally it's some sort of SUV that, that most of them have now. It's funny, they get a lot of trucks, like pickup trucks. That they they put into there, hmm. uh, and this time uh, the girl just said, "Hey, we got you a Jeep Wrangler." I'm like, okay, I've never driven one of those. Kind of cool. It's the it's the Jeep Jeep. Yeah, right? the real Jeep. With um, a tire on the back. 
Yeah, and so I, I, you know, you can kind of from the desk, you can see out into the parking garage, and and I saw a couple of them there. It was a white one and a dark gray one. I thought, oh, well, that looks all right. No, I'll give that a spin for a weekend, see what happens. Um, and uh, and so they gave me the keys, and I walked out into the parking lot. I hit the the lock button yeah. to figure out which one was mine, and and neither of those, the white or the gray. Uh, blink. The lights just, you know, I heard the honk somewhere down the line. 1976 convertible Jeep. <laughs> yeah, well, I would have wished on a nice sunny weekend like that. Yeah, true. Uh, and I couldn't see this thing until finally I got around this big dark SUV that was in front of it. And it was, I say yellow, but you know the color your snot goes when you're sick? <laughs> like that kind of... Somebody at Jeep picked that color. <laughs> obscene yellow, I yeah. think, would be the, co- the color. <laughs> Like, to the point where, like, I got to valet and the guy just put his arms up going, what the hell is this? <laughs> and it was really, really obnoxious. Obnoxious yellow, I think, is probably a good color. Yeah. Good, good name for it. It's a look-at-me Jeep. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, and to the point where I, I must apologize to a number of Jeep drivers in the Ottawa area because I didn't realize until, like, Sunday afternoon that there's a Jeep wave. I had forgotten about it. I didn't even know there was one. I heard about it. The buddy of mine had a Jeep when we were teenagers, and, I, and he had told me about the Jeep wave. I guess Jeep Jeep drivers. Right. Like, you know, you see bikers do that. They're kind of yeah, they, yeah, the two fingers. Hand, the two fingers. Well, Jeep drivers do the same thing. I get fingers from drivers a lot. <laughs> yeah. And not two of them. No, I get waved at a lot, too. <laughs> Your car's on fire. BuzzFeed asked its readers to name movies that were perfectly cast. Here's some of their answers. From 2010, True Grit. This was the remake with Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, Josh Brolin, and uh, Hallie Steinfeld. I don't know that I saw it. Yeah, I don't remember that one. The Big Lebowski, of course. Everybody in that was brilliant. Okay. Knives Out and the sequel, Glass Onion. That was 2019 and 2022. Have you seen Glass? You saw Knives Out, right? Yes. Did you see Glass Onion? Yes. Yeah. Both were quite good. I liked Knives Out a little better than Glass Onion. Right. But Pulp Fiction, of course, the whole cast. Gotcha. Yeah. Perfect casting. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I have not seen that, the Oscar-winning movie. Harry Potter from uh, 2001 to 2011. Uh, Like all the films in that time period, the cast is believed to be perfect. Okay. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, they went five for five from 2014 to 2023. I was watching um, SNL on Saturdays. They have, of course, it's on Saturdays. Before uh, the the new one at 11.30, they'll show a, a classic. And usually it's connected to, like, maybe somebody's passed away. Mm-hmm. So they, they'll show the episode they were on. Anyhow, I, I'm not sure what the connection was on this one, but it was Chris uh, Pratt, who, of course, starred in Guardians of the Galaxy. And this would have been the 40th anniversary of SNL, so when the first um, Guardians came out. And uh, the uh, musical artist was Ariana Grande. So I, I, I was looking at the end. You know when they're all on stage? Because that's how her and Pete Davidson met. Oh. Now, I don't know if it was that episode where they met, but I have a feeling it, it was. Right. And so I was trying to see if they were, like, cozying up to each other. Because I always find it really interesting at the end of SNL when they're all on stage. I like to watch if they keep the camera on them for long enough because they got to kill time. Um Who's hugging who? Who's talking to who? Because then you start going, okay, do they not maybe like each other? Because sometimes you'll see like an artist, especially the artist, the performer. 
Sometimes they'll like hug the host because, you know, the host just said thank you to this person. But then they just kind of stand there awkwardly while the rest of the cast is very awkward moment in general. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you get in there yourself. Yeah, it's very weird. And you might be the only person who's watching. Yeah. The end of SNL. Well, I'm watching it Sunday morning. (laughs) I've long since gone to bed Saturday night. It's always on the PVR. Uh, The Departed, 2006. Okay. Great movie. I mean, really, you think of any of the iconic movies, and you think they must have been perfectly mm. casted because they worked out great. Something like Goodfellas. Right. Right. Or even... Jaws. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption, one where the original script, uh, you know, Morgan Freeman's character was a white guy with red hair. That's yeah. why he was na- he named Red. Right. Um, and so, you know, you look back on it and think, well, that was perfectly cast, but that wasn't supposed to be at all. I think I would add a few good men to that with Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson yep. and, and his kind of iconic role in there. Even, you know, Kevin Pollack is the side chair. He, saw, he tells a great story uh, and does a great impression of Jack, yeah. too. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I think, though, with Shawshank, I think Tim Robbins was weak. <laughs> he didn't hold up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there you go. Just some movies. I'd say The Godfather as well. You could throw that in yeah. there, certainly. Uh, Margot Robbie never thought they'd be allowed to make the Barbie movie. Right. She said when she read the first script, my reaction was, oh, this is so good. What a shame. They'll never, it'll never see the light of day because they'll never, you know, let us make a movie like this. But uh, she was wrong. And uh, when people are asking about details, she goes, I can't tell you. You got to wait. It hits theaters July 21st. Okay. Her agent actually even said to her, I'm going to stake my career on this script. You got to do this movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You would think it, has been, it would just be kind of a fluff thing. It, well, the, the the promo for it, the trailer, it's really unique. Yeah. It's it's like they got all sorts of different actresses playing different stages of Barbie. It's it's uh, it's not, and I don't think it's a child's movie necessarily. It probably isn't actually. I don't even know what the rating is on it. No, I don't know. I wonder I don't if think it's a, a kids' movie. Wonder if they discuss Ken's package right. and the, or the lack thereof. <laughs> Rachel Ray did something nice for Ukraine orphans. Uh, she delivered an ice cream machine to an orphanage in Ukraine, and wow. she went and taught all the orphans how to cook. Really? She's been to Ukraine about four times. This is her fifth trip. This time she took the ice cream maker, so not only did she give them an ice cream maker, she gave them diabetes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Welcome to America. Way to go, Rachel. No, she did this in Ukraine. Right. She went there. Matthew McConaughey, back to acting, hasn't done any acting in about six years. Really? Yeah. He's been, I, I think he's been sniffing around politics. I think he's been kind of putting his toe in the water to see oh. if he'd have a run as a senator or something in, uh, in Texas. Okay. And then he got all involved in Uvalde when the shootings happened, because yes. that's his hometown. Anyhow, he, uh, he's back at it. He will star in a Yellowstone spinoff. Oh, it's only been three years since he's uh, been away from acting. Yeah, only three. So, anyhow, there was talk of him, I think, replacing Kevin Costner. uh, Because Kevin Costner was going to go off and do something else. But now there's going to just be a spinoff. And Matthew McConaughey will be involved in that. And he says it's like getting back. Getting back to acting is like taking a vacation. Everything is set up for you. You got your trailer. Someone hands you a script. (laughs) A big act. You know, in the grand scheme of things, all the awards and the... The uh, the applause that actors get and the uh, the fandom they receive, I think it was uh, Bill Maher recently saying, you know, 
acting is not that difficult. It's 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 pretty easy in the grand scheme of things. I, you know, I've never I've never really done it. Um, you know, the little bits of TV I've done, I can only imagine that it would be getting through the mundane of mm. redoing scenes over and over again. Right. Because when they do a scene, they got to do it like several times from several several different camera angles. Yep. So they reset and they do it all over again. It's probably battling through the mundane. Remember when I was first breaking into film, uh, the role of fluffer I always found difficult. <laughs> Tough job. <laughs> Not easy, I'll tell you. Um, and uh, finally, Mike Myers was talking about Shrek, because you know there's uh, there's talk of a Shrek 5 right. now. And he, somebody asked him about going back in and doing the iconic voice. He said, shut up, get away from me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Apparently, um, very difficult to work with. They say he is. I always sense that about him. Anyhow, um, he went in and he said that he did originally, after he replaced Chris Farley, because Chris Farley had passed away, he did a very thick Canadian accent, he said, whatever that means. I guess oh. an animated Canadian accent. Really? And then he thought it would be really funny to do it in a Scottish voice, because he says the one thing, the great thing about uh, Scottish people that he loves so much about them is they can go from being incredibly happy one second to being very mad at you the next. <laughs> Uh, so he asked the producers, after he had done the whole script, he said, can I go back and take another swing at it? And they said they agreed. Cost $4 million. Wow. Yeah, I guess studio time. Worked and, out all right, though. Yeah, it did just Because I don't know if it would be the same with a Canadian accent. Well, I guess we wouldn't have known the difference. Well, we wouldn't, but Americans right. might not have taken to it. The right, way they did. no. No, I know it, it was a smart move. $4 million bucks, you're, well, they're doing Shrek 5, so yeah. I guess it was the move. What do you think the uh, one thing almost all men lie about? Hmm. Not their age. Maybe their weight. Certainly size. You mean like height? Mm, well, that might be one too. We yeah. all lie about our manhood yeah. and the size of our junk. Right. That's what I was thinking. Researchers in Denmark asked 200 men how big their junk was, and the average guy exaggerated by more than 20%. <laughs> the average answer was 7.1 inches, but previous research has found that the real average in Denmark is actually under 6. Uh-huh. 5.85 to be exact. Not a great Dane at all. No. So the average claim was 21% bigger than that. Now, mm. listen, if you're walking around randomly telling people the size of your junk. First of all, weird. Yeah. And uh, if you're going to tell people, uh, what, what, what are you doing lying about it? Because if they're going to see it, they're going to know. Right. You can't cover up that lie. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if they're exaggerating to women or exaggerating to other dudes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, who would ever tell a woman, unless you've been dating, it's not like an opening line. Right. Yeah. And I guess it's all how you measure, too. I mean, I'm taint to tip. <laughs> <laughs> you? <laughs> well, I haven't had the meter stick out in quite some time. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the exaggeration you make, right? You come back to the bathroom like, whoa, I just had to hold it out of the water. Mm-hmm. Throw it over my shoulder. Right. Um, one guy even claimed in this study that he was over 13 inches, which would set a new world record, by the way. Wow.
It's a bold play. Yeah. I mean, I'm 12.5. <laughs> yeah, but you confuse centimeters and inches quite often. I often do. <laughs> I often do. The study also found the average guy added about an inch to their height and claimed there are several pounds under their actual All weight. right, so it is all about our image then. Oh, yeah, we're so I mean, we lie about a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. really, it comes to down to our images. Yep. Like that song goes, it wasn't me. <laughs> we lie about everything. Aye. Yeah, I uh, I don't know that I've... I think I'm pretty honest about my height. I'm 5'9". I'm sure I've lied about my weight, especially when I was tipping two, you know, over two. Right. My problem with the weight always was that I was such a skinny stick that when I started gaining weight, I was happy to pack on some pounds. Mm-hmm. But then I, they kept packing on. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to slow that horse down. Well, we also go by, like, you know, if you look at my driver's license, I think my weight says 165. Mm-hmm. We'll stick with that. <laughs> when you were 16. We, we tend to go with things that, you know, the number that we like, that we may have hit at one point. Right. Right? Same thing happens with, like, golf scores and right. handicaps. Oh, right. right. Of course. You know, you might have shot 80 once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you'll tell everybody. Oh, you know, in the eighties. Yeah, I certainly. You know, you gotta, and I've got to remember this uh, over the golf season. I sat for four days watching the Masters and John Rom. What a, what a great one! As a matter of fact, the lovely Maria picked John Rom on Thursday. Wow. Yeah, she put some money on that. Anyhow, uh, he scored a sixty nine, and I had to giggle at that on his final. Um, but I. Um, you know, I'm watching the scores, and everybody's coming in 69, 70, 71, 72. You walk into any clubhouse in any city and town anywhere in this country, same average Joe's walking in after 18 holes. Oh, yeah, 64. You're right. 65. <laughs> 73. Even if they're saying 84, they're lying. Yeah, of course they are. The majority of them are. Yeah. Like, you know, 99% of golfers shoot over 80. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's that that I think more than the penis size. Right. We lie about our golf score the oh, most. For sure. Yeah. Now you were just mentioning your driver's license. I just looked at mine again recently, pulled it out of my wallet, and I can't remember uh, the last time I had the photo taken, but I I had a chunkier face, and I looked at it and I went, I'm just turning into an old British woman. <laughs> I, I'm turning into a, I'm turning into a fat version of my mother. We now have on the line the godfather, the godfather of the grill for Helinda's Meats. That's right. He's with us, Ted Reader. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. It is a, a National Grilled Cheese Day. Uh, Who doesn't love a grilled cheese? Yeah. Just, 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 just mention Day that. dedicated to the grilled cheese. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what's funny about the grilled cheese? We all love it. I don't know anybody who says they, they don't like a grilled cheese sandwich. And yet, I don't think I've ever ordered one when I went to, like, a diner. Maybe because it's just so simple to make at home that you just think, well, why waste, uh, why waste a good diner order on just a grilled cheese? So I don't think I've ever had one in a restaurant, but I have certainly consumed many of them. In my time at home, uh, Teddy, I want to tell you about this uh, grilled cheese I read about. There's a restaurant in New York City uh, that offers up what they claim to be the most expensive grilled cheese sandwich in the world. It costs 214 bucks for this thing. It's made at a restaurant called Serendipity 3. Uh, in their uh, cheese sandwich, which, by the way, you got to put in your order 48 hours in advance, the bread has Dom Perignon champagne baked into it. It's cooked in truffle butter 
with edible gold flakes mixed in and some fancy Italian cheese that comes from cows that can only be milked two months out of the year. Not sure why. Maybe they're married. (laughs) (laughs) No, you only get to milk me twice a year. (laughs) Honey, I'm home. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, Once it's cooked, they stick more edible gold flakes on the outside of the bread. For absolutely, I guess, no good reason, just for plating. For expense. And then uh, you, it's served with a lobster bisque dipping sauce. Mm. 200, 214 bucks. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather buy five bottles of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> we know your grilled cheese can top that, Ted. When it comes to a Teddy Reader grilled cheese, what, what are we doing? Well, there's a, there's a lot of things uh, that you can do with a grilled cheese. I mean, the, the basic grilled cheese is is buttered bread, and then a melting cheese on the inside. Traditionally, the uh, the singles, right? Mm-hmm. The, the processed cheese slices, because you get that nice melting uh, avenue down the middle of it, right? Yep. But that's just a simple grilled cheese. For me, if, if at the joint, when we've, we've done some grilled cheese, is uh, I like to layer it up with smoked uh, brisket. Mm-hmm. On the inside, use some smoked cheddar, some uh, some melting mozzarella cheese, kind of gets it all going. Throw in some roasted jalapenos and caramelized onions on the inside of that. Uh, some nice thick bread and uh, butter the outside and then cook it. You don't want to cook it on super high heat because you burn the bread and you never get your cheese and your meat on the inside to heat up all the way through. So you got to lower the temperature down okay. so that it that it fries on the outside nice and crispy and golden brown and then you turn it over and you want to see that that cheese starting to melt just before you do the flip yeah you want to keep it nice and golden brown i always have to end up throwing mine into the microwave for like 15 seconds because you're right the bread gets done but the cheese sometimes hasn't Mm -hmm. melted so you gotta you want to see that cheese oozing out the side of the bread a bit that's it. And, w- and what we do at the joint is, is we, t- we take it off the griddle, and you, if it's, especially if it's thick, and then just pop it onto a pie plate, and we put it into a very hot oven for a few minutes, and it gets all nice, hot, and crispy. One of the tricks on the outside, if you want to do it up, uh, because the butter tends to burn because of the fat that's in it. Okay. And uh, sometimes I, I take some softened butter and mix in some ranch dressing or mayonnaise to it. And then that spreads on top, and you get a little higher point uh, of the of the cook, and it doesn't burn as quickly. Oh! On the topic of butter, let me uh, let me ask you this. Um, I've noticed in a lot of recipes and things I've looked at, there's uh, is it called ghee? Is that how you pronounce it? A form of butter? What, what what's the difference between regular salted or unsalted butter and ghee? Well, ghee is clarified butter, okay. and uh, traditionally. Uh, it, it's they, they remove all the milk solids from it, and so it's just it's the pure yellow fat, and um, it, it varies a lot. Of ghee is made traditionally from butter that is is almost going to that off code, let's say. Okay. And I don't I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just that it's got more flavor to it, and they they cook it. You bring it up to just at a very low boil. And you remove all of the the milk solids, and then you just have pure uh, fat. So you can and cook that, at a higher heat with that. Thing. You can cook at a higher heat. Mm-hmm. It's great for frying. You can finish with it. Um, 
It's, it makes things pretty tasty. You'll see it in, in all kinds of jars in the grocery store, and you'll see different colors. And that's just depends on where they got the butter from. Some, if it's really, really yellow, it has more annatto seed in there that gives butter its yellow color. Okay. Uh, we had a listener yeah. text in earlier, Ted, saying that uh, the ultimate grilled cheese for them is to use the frozen garlic toast because it's already pre-buttered with garlic butter. Mm. And use that as your bread and then put the cheese inside. They say oh, provolone as well, too. Provolone is what they use. Yeah. Yeah. You can do, my, my cousin hates this one, is when you put bacon in your grilled cheese because she hates bacon. Oh, And oh uh, Yeah, I know. She's weird. Thing? I don't know why she's still in the family. <laughs> I have to get rid of her. Yeah, she's got to go. Um, yeah, she can't stand bacon. I don't know what's wrong with her. Like, Bizarre. I mean, she can't be related. But she is. No, yeah, yeah. There's something off there because I've heard even vegetarians claim bacon could bring them back to meat. Anyhow, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead with the bacon. Well, it, it's so when you're going to put bacon on the inside of a grilled cheese, you got to make sure that you've cooked the bacon so that it's rendered all that fat, and so you have right. nice crispy bacon that goes on the inside, and an equal proportion of cheese to bacon. Okay. Right. Okay. So if you're right. going to put a cup of cheese in your grilled cheese sandwich, then you got to have a cup of bacon in there so that it's really bacony. I'm actually somewhat surprised that Ted, your grilled cheese didn't involve some sort of cheese sauce coating the whole thing <laughs> like you do with the cheeseburgers, like a queso dip for a grilled cheese. Well, yes, but you know that's a, that's that's you know I'm trying to drop some weight, so you know you got to think a little bit here. You can't just be pounding all that cheese and stuff. I'm turning sixty this year, boys. No, right. I don't want to drop dead of a heart attack. I got to stay alive and have some fun. Now I'm trying tone to down the grilled cheese. You love a grilled cheese with no cheese and no carbs. That's it. No carbs, no cheese. No just uh, no just cheese. just. Yeah, just fry me some fat, and I'll just have that. I'll On the fine. menu yeah. at the joint this summer, just air and a prayer. Um, air and a prayer, yeah. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to incorporate uh, Velveeta into my daily diet. Uh, I think that's important. Can we use Velveeta on a grilled cheese? Oh, yeah, you definitely can. Like, Velveeta has its purpose, and one, it's a great melting cheese. So it makes a great queso if you just take a chunk of Velveeta and you put some uh, diced jalapenos and maybe a little bit of onion and a little bit of spice on top of it, nice. uh, extra hot sauce, and then pop it in your microwave, and it'll melt down and stir it up, and you've got a great cheese sauce that you can put on top of your grilled cheese. Beautiful. But you can slice it and put it on the inside. You know what I love about Velveeta in the States? There's like 10 different flavors. They have a Monterey Jack uh, uh, Velveeta. They have Jalapeno Jack Velveeta. They got all kinds of Velveeta down there. You could go down there and have yourself a Velveeta party. It'd be pretty cool. It would be cool. And finally, Teddy, the most important question when it comes to the grilled cheese, ketchup or no ketchup? Well, you know how much I don't like ketchup. Mm. But uh, the only place that I really like ketchup is... Uh, with a grilled cheese sandwich, but it depends on what's on the inside. You know, sometimes if it's, if it's brisket, maybe you want to have a little beer barbecue gravy on the side. Right. You can put a little hot sauce on the side. Uh, ranch dressing is a great dipping sauce. Even mustard, honey mustard with your, uh, with your grilled cheese. Don't just get stuck on the ketchup. I like There's that. all kinds of kinds. You can open your fridge, look at the 50 condiments in there, mm -hmm. and put any one of those with a grilled cheese sandwich, and you're doing all right. We will do that indeed, Ted. If anybody wants to talk to you about grilled cheese or other grilling tips, how do they get a hold of you, my friend? Uh, you're going to find me in the social media world, at Ted Grills. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.